Hi everyone, and welcome to the RegTech Report, your update on all things RegTech. My name is Carl Viertel, and with me is Stefan Zalistiel, and our mission is to bring you the latest news, speak with industry pioneers, and muse about the latest tech. Welcome back to our second episode of the RegTech Report. Today we're going to be talking about what's happening in RegTech around the globe. We're going to discuss is cybersecurity RegTech. We're going to talk about the news, and we've got a brand new segment for you guys coming up. But first of all, we want to talk about what is happening around the globe. Now, I'm going to start out and just say, unfortunately, we have to say London is the absolute capital of RegTech around the world. There's just the most happening. There's the most community, the most companies, the most activity. Uh, what do you think, Stefan? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, still a lot of the players are there and the most vocal especially about it. Maybe, I mean, we see in some regions, you see data that some stuff is happening around deals and so on, but um, the people that somehow cause news or have articles written about them also, those are mainly London, I would say. No, I fully agree. I mean, there's obviously a lot of investment into RegTech that is not only from the UK, um, but I think just in, in the ways of uh, companies creating RegTech, uh, London is definitely at the top. I'd say in New York, uh, there are obviously some companies. I'd say either there are less or they're less vocal than in London. Uh, there's uh, You just n don't tend to hear quite as much out of New York. I have a hypothesis around this or why in some reports it's also quite significantly listed as in that also um, quite a bunch of companies that – Originally, people wouldn't have thought of as a reg tech or maybe not as startups at least. And some incumbent players that have been around longer are taking that term and are being included in various reports. And uh, I think that's happening more in the U.S. because uh, there, um, there are maybe a couple of startups that uh, that you will find on some list, but um, I don't actually recall any names right now even. Yeah, no, no. For, I agree. Like, I mean, probably the most prominent player there is Bearing Point, right, that took uh, a number of offerings that they kind of already had in their portfolio and now call it RegTech. I mean, obviously, they also heavily invested into the space and, and have more and more capabilities. But it's certainly – there's a little bit of rebranding happening there. Yeah, and Bearing Point has been around a long time, even with <laughs> yeah. the previous names, let's say. Um, another interesting one for me is uh, Singapore. Um, they're trying really hard, um, but I haven't seen too much actual innovation out of Singapore. So um, – there's, it, it looks like there's a lot of things happening because somehow they're always connected with, partly because probably the uh, mass, the Monetary Authority of Singapore is relatively active in that space and giving out guidance. They have festivals around fintech, regtech going on all the time. And uh, a shout out to Mona at, uh, yeah. <laughs> in this place. Exactly. So, I mean, people just like bringing this forward. But again, um, what are the innovators there? Um, maybe it's, again, our Eurocentric view on that but it feels a bit like the typical singaporean thing where uh, they declare some government initiatives and now it's fintech and regtech and then there's a whole plan to somehow establish that um, but of course some of these things have to grow a bit organically and can't just be um, like uh, put on a, a top-down plan yeah, and speaking of organic growth, I think uh, Australia is a really interesting example. Uh, there are a couple uh, RegTech solutions uh, out of Australia, and given it's a very small market and it's uh, very contained, um, I find it pretty impressive that there's some, some RegTech activity there. 
I, I think obviously the uh, the next couple months will uh, sort of show us how that shapes up because it is significantly more difficult to uh, raise money in Australia. And of course, uh, you know, if, if you're talking about five banks and four of them agree that you're not interesting, then you'll, you know, have a pretty tough day. Mm. But it also fits our observation with the Australian mentality, right, that they can in some forms profit easier and faster from innovation because people are just willing to try out new things earlier than in other regions. Yeah. But, I mean, one fact, I think, in the global regtech market that you can ignore is probably the biggest regtech M&A activity to date was Qumram out of Switzerland. So, uh, you know, kudos to Switzerland for certainly punching above their weight on the regtech side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is really uh, the pure startup story. Uh, and we always look to them for inspiration on somehow they uh, how they did certain things. But uh, I, I certainly enjoy also now looking at uh, the uh, Instagram and Facebook feeds of our friends there, like uh, Patrick Barnard, who is now enjoying his life, I think, in the in the mountain slopes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done, Patrick. Well <laughs> earned. Um, I, I do have a, a theory that maybe the um, intensity or the velocity of the regtech market is also driven by the interest, at least, in banks talking about us. Yeah, I mean, the, that's the hype cycle again, I think, that I mentioned in the last episode, yeah, that um, there was um, a big hype from banks that somehow, I guess, didn't often understand what it was about. Then probably it went down a bit in the in the last year, one and a half years, and you could even see that maybe a bit even in the funding activity in, in various reports where the uh, funding has has gone down a bit in 2017 uh, for startups. And now, um, I mean, we see that in our own business development. We are really active in engaging uh, in various, very specific forms with tier ones and large banks and other other corporations. I I think RegTech is still going to be um, a really exciting market over the years to come. And, uh, well, for our side, we look forward to making uh, Munich the uh, at least number two RegTech hub. (laughs) So next, I want to start a bit of a controversial topic. So is cybersecurity management RegTech? And I'm going to start out with two hypotheses. Um, that are contradicting and uh, re- really like to uh, hash this out. So first of all, I'm going to say no, because cybersecurity stands alone, right? You don't, as a company, you don't do cybersecurity management because a regulation forces you to or a regulatory body forces you to, but because you don't want your data or, uh, or your IP leaking or being stolen, Um, And my second opinion would be, well, yes, it is, because it's a huge driver in regulation. There's tons of regulation um, defining how organizations need to secure their information. And there's a massive amount of synergy as to how you would approach cybersecurity management from a typical plan, do, check, act cycle, setting the right controls, measuring adherence to them, identifying risks, as with just about every other regulation. So, Stefan, is regtech, um, does that include cyber or not? I would think about this as a kind of Venn diagram because, uh, as we mentioned last time, regtech compliance is a large field, but cybersecurity is also a large field. And you get different answers from different people what that means. 
and some have still have this na naive view that cybersecurity is about like technology and and uh, firewalls and all this kind of stuff. Yeah? Um, but uh, of course, um, it's true. Yeah, that's part of it. But it's also a big like uh, management aspect, which at the core is risk management. And this is where we really have the connection, I would say, because it's as you mentioned, the same methodologies uh, that applied. Uh, you will find this um, at the core of most, um, especially financial regulation that's coming out, there's some aspect of it. Um, and I would say even on the other way around, I was just thinking about this now, um, financial regulation is often a lot about reporting, like um, certain um, values, like your your um, capital reserves, you have to report to the regulator, certain transactions and so on. And that's actually also an interesting development in the cybersecurity world because cyber regulation now also in, uh, includes an increasing amount of reporting obligations, for example, for breach notifications. So um, the answer is, I guess, yes and no at the same time. Eh? I mean, for me, uh, probably the strongest reason why I would say, yes, cybersecurity should be part of RegTech is that uh, cybersecurity management is about influencing people and helping people make informed and risk-aware decisions. And that is true for just about every other regulation or every other approach to regulation. And so... Therefore, I think there, especially in today's enterprise world, there's no way that you can really address regulation without thinking of cyber and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, maybe a lesson from the trenches. Huh? Um, the more we talk about digitizing compliance processes, in the end, uh, this is always about somehow building in controls and um, yeah, basically into the systems and into the process. Uh, that uh, things can't actually happen in a way that's not desired uh, at the core. And nowadays, these are all IT systems. So, I mean, if you talk to an auditor, they will call this something like uh, IT application controls. Uh, one example that um, the the person who is creating a new supplier in the procurement system cannot be the same person uh, who approves uh, invoice payments. Yeah, because this is a classic fraud risk. And that's typically in the, in the system, and this is something you would do with access control, which is a typical IT control. And this is now also often checked by auditors, and they even rely on these IT controls and these technology controls um, really on the basis um, uh, to say, okay, look, uh, all the, um, the, the checks uh, on top, I can trust them because I know the system itself and the way it's handled uh, is okay. Yeah. And this is a lot of cybersecurity stuff actually at the base. I mean, this is obviously something incredibly close to home for us because we absolutely consider ourselves a reg tech at a line. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also certainly have a very strong focus on information security management or cybersecurity management. So um, I think from my perspective, I want to remain a reg tech. <laughs> All right, the news. Uh, some pretty exciting stuff happening, actually, quite recently. Um, and uh, the first news item that I'd like to talk about is uh, actually involves one of our friends, Yevgeny from Clausmatch. Um, they've been doing a lot of really exciting stuff um, with Revolut. And uh, they actually just hosted a really cool event in uh, London last week on sort of the future of policy management uh, and certainly going down a, uh, a really cool path of uh, taking Revolut and, uh, and Clause Match partnership and putting that sort of front and center. Uh, really exciting stuff. Mm. It's also an interesting sign for fintech uh, overall because in last years, uh, a lot of the industry was focused on gaining market share, 
developing their business, growing, yeah, and the kind of compliance topics. Even though they, as a regulated entities, they always had to do it. It's uh, it's natural that that was um, a bit of a lower priority overall. Yeah? But uh, it seems to be shifting into a new new phase and some of these fintech companies in these challenger banks are growing to a size and to a complexity uh, where you can't really call them startups anymore because uh, they are really uh, on a similar size now uh, approaching like the the incumbent banks well, I mean kudos to, to Evgeny I think they're doing a fabulous job I mean obviously they uh, raised a pretty sizable series A and uh, you can really see that money being put to work so uh, yeah really excited to see what's going on there um, the second uh, much, much larger uh, thing happening sort of in the reg tech space, which is uh, the uh, that SAA Global um, just bought BeWise from NASDAQ. Um, obviously, uh, transaction details weren't disclosed, but, uh, you know, we can uh, safely assume that it was a pretty sizable transaction. Um, I think SAI uh, have been doing an incredible job in the market. I mean, a really strong player in the GRC space. Um, where do you, or where do you think they're going with this? Yeah, it's uh, I guess the uh, part of the consolidation that's happening in the GRC space, and um, that's something that a lot of um, market observers have predicted or that will happen more. So this this is another data point. I mean, both both of these companies have products uh, in the market space um, for many years, um, but it's also a sign that um, I mean the. Bwise was acquired in the past also by Nasdaq, but it was pr- uh, not uh, at the core of that business. Uh, so there seems to be a trend that um, uh, th- these companies who were previously acquired by some larger corporations are um, maybe no longer interesting in the overall portfolio. And I would guess uh, that will happen to Archer pretty soon as well. So what do you think? Well, I mean, they just mm-hmm. they just move from uh, uh, from well into the Dell portfolio, I guess. Yeah, but it's such a small blip overall for Dell's business um, that um, maybe they say – and uh, RSA overall, maybe they have a lot other products, right? But the GRC space might not be – I mean, I, I hear quite a bunch of people saying, okay, look, that that's a target for somehow getting rid of <laughs> out of the Dell portfolio. Mm. I mean, do you think um, that SAI is going to kill off BYs or they're going to have just two products running in parallel? Uh, I guess they will try to do the classical Oracle thing where they claim it's like a super integrated platform. But in the end, you have like five different administration interfaces to do the same thing. And uh, it kind of gets the same brand name, but uh, in the back end, <laughs> it's like different things. Uh, the last story I'd like to talk about um, sort of made me chuckle a little bit. So there was some guidance uh, released from the UK government on uh, what would potentially happen with GDPR in a no-deal Brexit case. Uh, And Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, the uh, guidance was, well, um, basically everything that is GDPR relevant is going to be, uh, will remain. Yeah. Yeah, I just read up on this also. So, uh, I mean, what else can they do? Yeah, I mean, they... Uh, how how else can they change that stuff that uh, they uh, started implementing before? And uh, I think well, they don't I even want they were to. going to um, free themselves from the shackles of, of the evil EU. Yeah, 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 and all the limiting uh, regulation. Yeah, I, I claimed that thing in the last uh, podcast, didn't I? So, no, but um, maybe that's a more realistic scenario. And you can see all these emergency guidelines now from the UK government on how do you, how should you get your milk after Brexit or whatever, or how to export your horse or something like that. Yeah? So, um, I, I guess in the end, they. 
that kind of tra transitional period uh, with the with the agreement that they're all fearing will probably happen anyway in some form because they can't just like stop all the regulation they currently have in place because otherwise uh, nothing would work anymore and just replace it directly. So uh, they will, I mean, come March 29th, they will probably just uh, first of all <laughs> carry on, keep calm and carry on. <laughs> Excellent. Now, next, we have a brand new segment. Now, first of all, I love the segment because uh, it's uh, it'll be fun, and we hope to do this uh, every episode. The one big letdown is I wanted a jingle, and uh, everyone in the office, and uh, obviously you can't see this now, but behind me are Bailey and Miriam from our marketing team, and uh, they said they were going to sing a jingle for us. Unfortunately, we don't have a jingle. <laughs> so uh, big letdown there, but... We want to um, we want to talk about our top threes for various topics. Top three. Let's <laughs> just try it here with, uh, with the sound effect. So this week's top three are the top three things that people think we do when we start talking about a line. And uh, hopefully this is something that a lot of regtech uh, companies can relate to. Um, unfortunately, most of the time we solve problems that uh, are only interesting to a very small portion of an enterprise. And so uh, I'm going to start with the top three things uh, or on number three, um, uh, what people think we do when I start talking about a line. And it's um, I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. It's uh – when people are not in that topic at all, they, they often don't get it. But then, uh, I mean, that's not uh, our target customer anyway. So uh, it's more getting to the right people. And let's say closely related is also my my uh, number three here is um, if you have somebody, especially from the banking world, they, they often have a very colored or um, um, narrow-minded view on the whole thing as well. And then all, they often think, so ah, Rectech, uh it's compliance, right? And compliance, that's anti-money laundering. And they forgot that there's other things as well. <laughs> yeah, I do get that a lot. Oh, mm -hmm. so you do AML. Can I measure all the uh, – can I uh, monitor all transactions going yeah. through my uh, payment systems? Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and the, the reasons, of course, also that it's, it's a huge pain for them, like for the banks. This is where they spend a lot of money right now. And for me, now, my number two, um, so obviously uh, we talk about a lot about uh, cybersecurity management and uh, people that obviously aren't a lot in cybersecurity management then immediately say, oh, so you sell firewalls. And <laughs> that could not be further from the truth. Um, so my number two is uh, firewalls. Yeah, closely related mine as well uh, in the cybersecurity topic because the other stereotypical view is, um, ah, you are, so you hack the systems, right? Uh, and you have these hoodies on and sitting in a dark room and <laughs> and typing on the keyboard for hours. Yeah, of course we do that, but uh, for other reasons. <laughs> uh, and my number one uh, re uh, thing that people think we do uh, is consulting. <laughs> so uh, after we've explained how we provide a, a software as a service that helps organizations deal with operational risk and uh, implement new regulation, oh, so you do that through consulting. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, mean, I think we we have learned in that area as well because I mean we came originally from that from that world, so probably the way we explained it has also evolved. That uh, that doesn't happen as often anymore as, as we think. And, which leads me to my number one because one one thing you can consistently get, especially if you go up high the management chain, 
board members or something uh, something like that, which you would think were interesting to talk to, but then uh, there's always the thought, ah, Erectic, this is about automation and AI and so on, right? So can I install this button and press it and then I'm automatically compliant? That's yeah. what I want. <laughs> yeah, that is that is shockingly frequent. Um, so I, I buy your software and then I'm automatically compliant. And uh, I mean, just the fact that someone might believe that something like that exists is uh, pretty shocking. Um, uh, actually, I had a meeting where someone said, oh, so you have the RegTech. And I said, well, <laughs> Can I see uh, the RegTech? <laughs> yeah, so, so that was a very interesting conversation going forward um, to sort of explain our approach and, and how the RegTech market um, or what's happening in the RegTech market. Um, but uh, it, it is shocking how many people think there's a, a magic silver bullet uh, that, you can, uh, that you can press. Yeah, it's... Uh Maybe a sign of the times. So. <laughs> cool. So this has been a really exciting segment. I look forward to a lot more. We did some uh, brainstorming on some other top threes. So uh, really look forward to doing some more of these in the upcoming episodes. And uh, we hope you'll uh, join us for it. Thanks for listening. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter. Follow our dedicated podcast handle at the RegTech Rep. Make sure to rate this podcast and send your thoughts and comments to the RegTech Report at Align.com. Once again, that's the RegTech Report at ALYNE.com. You can also follow Align on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter, or catch up on our podcasts on Align.com slash the RegTech Report. <laughs>